Welcome back to another episode of Spread the Floor. I'm your host, Brian Gill, joined as always by my incredible, lovely, talented co-host, Tobin Hodges. Tobin, how are you, my friend? Doing great. Dude, I am doing great. I'm doing great. It's been a pretty good week for the NBA. I am so pumped up right now. I said this on uh, one of my Mad About Movies episodes, I think on a Daily Recommends, it was like, I really need some clarification on what is happening NBA-wise um, by the time we get to the the end of the last dance, because I like this has been so fantastic, and I don't know what my life is going to look like outside of you know once once this is over. I really need something else to look forward to. And the NBA listened; they gave us like a week to kind of contemplate things and really get all of our last dance takes out there. And then they came through this week, so uh, that's awesome, and I feel pretty great about where we're at at this point. Yeah, it's just. It's one of those things where it's like we keep getting teased, we keep getting teased, and it just feel like we're closer and closer. Now that the last dance is over, we gotta have something to talk about. So totally. I think it's this not on purpose. I think yeah. it's just like this is fate. Yeah. So So you and I were debating um what we were gonna do for for our episode this week, um, as we just try to come up with content to fill to fill the time until we get actual meaningful live basketball games going again. And we were we were throwing some ideas back and forth and we may have a bonus episode later this week or maybe next week's episode, but then the NBA started giving us news, and it was like, what if we talk about that instead? So yeah. this almost feels like a regular episode, back to when we had regular episodes. Yeah, it's yeah, it's just great. I mean, like well, you always say that the NBA never sleeps, and even in COVID times, it doesn't seem mm-hmm. to sleep, so it's, totally. it's been kind of crazy. Totally. So we're going to get into all that. We're going to get into the, the current rumors as to uh, the NBA restarting and when the season will get, get kicking back off <laughs> and such, and a very exciting idea that... I love, and I think you love too, and I'm excited to talk about it. Um, We do need to start with some downer news, though, because over this last week, Hall of Fame coach Jerry Sloan, who spent, goodness, 23 seasons, I believe, with with the Utah Jazz, passed away. Um, You know, we, we we just talked about Jerry a little bit on last week's episode because of The Last Dance, and... Um, he, he's been kind of relevant on our minds lately. And then to, to have his passing right at this time is, is certainly a bummer and, and really not, not, not all that old, uh, either, which is, which is tragic. Um, Jerry, a few stats real fast. Like I said, I think he did 23 seasons with, uh, with the jazz over the course of that, those, those seasons, his record was 2,024 to 1,221. He had 19 playoff seasons versus, versus only four where they were out of the playoffs. Um, and by the way, well, really, technically, it was really three because it was that last season he, he, he dropped out in the middle of the season. Uh, and so really only three full seasons that they didn't make the playoffs. And in two of those seasons, they were 42 and 40 and 41 and 41. So... Uh, he had one losing season through the course of his entire storied jazz career, which was that 0405 team that ultimately netted them uh, Darren Williams and, and kind of re, re, uh, resurged or recharged that, that franchise for a little bit. One of the greatest coaches of all time, and yet he never won Coach of the Year, which I found ridiculous. That, that was incredible. That was incredible to me. Like I just don't. I don't understand how that's possible. Like other than the fact that you're going through, you know, Jordan and Phil Jackson for a long sure. time. Sure. Yeah. Crazy that he knew. I, and I remember that being a thing. It was always a. There was always talk of like it's kind of ridiculous that he doesn't want Coach of the Year, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I mean, he's the architect of that whole offense, an offense that was the same offense for 20 years, and one of the 
the great offenses in the history, at least in terms of just like uh, recognizable and and iconic, the the, the Stockton and Malone pick and roll and and all that sort of stuff. Uh, kind of insane that that uh, that he never won a Coach of the Year. What were I mean, I know we, we grew up during like Jerry Sloan's heyday of, of mm-hmm. coaching. Uh, how did you, I will say, let me, let me go on the record first. I always, I hated the jazz, but I always loved coach Sloan. I thought I, I, yeah. I dug his kind of old school mentality, but he also wasn't just super stick in the mud. He'd give you a decent answer sometimes <clears throat> on, on the questions that were posed to him. And he really seemed like he was a true basketball lifer. And I, I felt like I identified with that even at a young age, but what were, what were, how did you feel about, about coach as, as a, during his coaching days? You know, I just, it's, it's crazy to me that he's not kind of more seen as one of the best coaches because he's number four in wins. And like, I mean, I'm looking at the list right now and he's not going to be touched by anybody active soon. Mm-hmm. If, unless Doc Rivers or Rick Carlisle go, go nuts or Phil Jackson decides to come back and coach a couple seasons, sure. you know, um, I think that my my impressions of him were just like I don't I could be wrong I don't I really don't know the guy and I don't know a ton about his history but he always seemed like the mate like the the nice patriarch of the jazz and like mm-hmm. it didn't matter who was on the team it was Jerry Sloan's team mm-hmm. in a good in a good way you know yeah. like it was just kind of like he always had that you know that good demeanor about himself I remember whenever Darren Williams was getting in with him mm-hmm. towards the end of his tenure like I mean. I remember thinking to myself, like, why would they let Sloan be pushed around by Darren Williams? Mm-hmm. You know, like, this, this isn't worth it. Like, this guy's been here for years and ended up being the downfall for both mm-hmm. of them, really. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just, I, I really loved watching him coaches when I started under, understanding the game more. And I think it's pretty, pretty incredible that he's had, you know, two Hall of Famers, for, two certain Hall of Famers, and probably a lot more come through for, through that town. Mm-hmm. Um, Wesley Matthews was talking about him the other day about and spoke very highly of him, and that oh, says nice. a lot. Because yeah. Wesley, Wesley Matthews, he's kind of brought him in. Uh, I think he's one of those few coaches that over the years was able to coach the veterans, but also able to gr- groom the the younger guys, which is not something a lot of coaches can do. Sure. You know, Because like, a lot of times they're either one or the other. They're either mm-hmm. great at getting young mm-hmm. teams to overperform or they don't play the young guys and they want only veterans that can listen to him. Mm-hmm. So totally. Uh, other cool fact about him is that he was married to his high school sweetheart for 41 years before she um, died of pancreatic cancer in 2004. So I thought that's, wow. that's pretty cool too. Yeah. You don't see, you don't see guys like that in this kind of profession, especially that you end up, end up having like a really solid family life yeah. too. Totally. Yeah, as a player, he was a very, very hard nosed, hard hitting, probably kind of dirty type of a player. Um, and I think he brought some of that to, to the jazz too. Now, I don't mean the dirtiness, but like there was a very, there was a professionalism to the jazz that I hated watching the jazz growing up. It was always one of my, they were always one of my least favorite teams, but mo- a lot of that was built around how much I hated Malone. But, um, but I always, again, I always had a great respect for the, the, the way that he went about it and the professionalism that he brought to it. And you're right. Like they were one of the more under underrated aspects of, of the jazz, you know, having that run for such a long time is when you are, when you're in the playoffs every single year, and usually they were a top three seed in the playoff more, more often than not, yeah. uh, or a top four anyway, it's really hard to maintain that. Because you don't get to bring in, you don't get to bring in top ten picks. You don't get to bring in guys who immediately, you know, you 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 can trust or you you hope that you. And Utah's not a, you know, it's not a location that brings in a lot of of of, uh, of free agents either. And so they really had to. I mean, the, the GMs that and the, the front office that worked there too did a great job of it as well. But 
I, Jerry was always great. I thought at getting the most out of out of young guys at trusting them um, if they proved that they were trustworthy and and nurturing a a that in, you know an incredible consistency while never really getting a chance to to reset or restart or or fully reinvigorate the franchise right with that that big free agent or that big draft pick or anything like that. It just they're incredibly consistent for 20 years. Um, and that's him, man. I mean, he's just, he's the one steering that ship. Yeah. I just, it's, it's, you know, it's obviously sad to see a guy go, um, at the age of 78, especially to Parkinson's and dementia, which is just two v- brutally awful diseases to, you know, watch people mm-hmm. deteriorate with. Right. So I'm sure that his family was, you know, devastated and hated watching that happen. Um, fun fact too, he was also, um, the first number that the Chicago Bulls retired, the number four, which is, I didn't know that that was that when I was researching today, that was news to me. Um, so that's, that's pretty cool. Um, cause I don't really know him as a player. Like I, I've never seen sure, any tape sure. tape of him playing. And other than what you just told me, I, I wouldn't have known that. I just, I know him mm-hmm. as the coach of the jazz. So I think he was a, if I remember correctly, he was like a two time all-star that kind of thing, but very much fit the, fit the era. Um, now, do you know, do they still have the court named Jerry Sloan court? I can't remember. They used to, I can't remember if I'm they changed sure. it or not. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. That's a good question. Um, the last thing I'll say on him, the, the, the thing that I, you, you mentioned the Darren Williams thing. I, like I said, I always liked coach Sloan and I had a great respect. For, I think he went up 12 notches in my book for in 2011 when Darren Williams essentially told the, the, the franchise it's either me or him and whether the French, whether the, the, the front office came to him and said, Hey man, do you think maybe it's time to hang him up or whether Jerry got a hold of that, that info and just said, screw it, I'm out. Um, I always respected, I loved a lot that he just was like, okay, cool. I can't reach these guys anymore. I'm done. I'm not going to keep trying to hang on. I'm not going to fill Jackson this and come back as a GM or, or any of these kinds of things. I am a coach. And if my players aren't listening to me anymore, then, then I'm out and I'm, and I'm going to move to Illinois and and work on my farm. And I love that. I thought that was just such a cool that to have the self-awareness of like, okay, screw it. I'm gone. That's, I always, I always dug that. I thought that was a pretty baller move. Yeah, totally agree. Sweet. Well, stay hard coach Sloan on, uh, what, what a great legacy he left. One of, one of the all time greats and, and somebody that was a huge part of our, of our upbringing, of our NBA basketball upbringing. Um, but let's talk about what, what the future of the NBA is going to look like. So over the, the end of last week, silver sent around, uh, essentially pulled the GMs and uh, with a number of options of how to complete the season, what do you want to do, uh, with the remainder of this season? How do you want to do this? I saw a lot, I don't know. Did you see all those options? I've seen them presented in different forms and fashions. Yeah, I think I have a decent idea of all the options, or at least a, a handful of the options. Sure. So, yeah. So, those varied from come back and we're going to get all 30 teams together at Disney World. It seems like Disney World's happening, right? Like, that's that seems like, oh, yeah. of all these things, that seems like the number one, yes, absolutely, that's going to happen, I guess. Yeah, totally. I think that Vegas was the only thing that really could have been made sense uh, in the sense of they have the spaces and they've basically been a ghost town mm-hmm. for a while. Sure. Um, but I, just, it was going to be Disney World from day one. Mm-hmm. I mean, like they, with the ESPN contracts and all that stuff and the way that their, faci- their facilities are set up, mm-hmm. I just don't see any way it could have not been right. uh, Disney. Right. Disney World itself hasn't reopened yet. Their Disney Springs is open, which is like kind of the shopping district, and they have... 
cap numbers on how many people can come through and stuff. I don't know when Disney World is going to reopen. They are supposed to, you know, this is uh, this is close to my heart because my wife uh, has a, you know, works as a side gig uh, booking uh, vacations and Disney travel and stuff like that. So, um, you know, when it's safe to do so, we'd like to get that source of income back. That'd be great. Um, but but the there's supposedly Disney World is going to be presenting to uh, the local government there tomorrow their plan for phased reopening. I would guess, Tobin, that by the time games actually start, there will be guests on property, but it'll be capped at whatever, 25%, and there are so many resorts at Disney World that it's it's really not difficult to to imagine a scenario where you can still have, as long as you're quarantining off the guests from the players and the teams and all that sort of stuff, it shouldn't it really shouldn't be that much that big of a deal. Um, they have the infrastructure to to make that happen. So uh, anyway, Disney World, I think, is is pretty much a foregone conclusion. It's going to happen at this point. How we play those games will be the thing that gets decided over the next week, maybe two weeks. Um, and I do expect, I expect by the end of next week, we will have an answer. We will we will know what they're going to do. Does that does that timeline jive with you? Yeah, because it, it's starting to get out there that some executives are talking and some of the like I know Bill Simmons reported a which he could be full of crap, but you know, like there's a I, typically people like Bill Simmons don't put stuff out unless they know that mm-hmm. it's it's been they've been given the go ahead because yeah. they don't want to lose sources and stuff like that. So I would assume that the NBA would get it out there before it just starts becoming you know hearsay public knowledge. Mm-hmm. So yeah, mm-hmm. I just think that they're probably dotting all their T's and cross you know dotting all their I's and crossing all their T's right now to get all that stuff sure. done. Sure. So there was a, a ton of different options presented to the the GMs and the the teams themselves. Um, I I don't know how likely it is that all thirty teams are going to come back. I did just see right as we started recording that Cuban put out there that he's he is pushing for the league to bring back all thirty teams. Uh, and I think what it said was that in in his plan that twenty eight. 28 teams would have the the opportunity to make it to the playoffs. The Warriors and the Wolves are excluded, but everybody else has a chance of making the playoffs based on record before pandemic started. I don't know. I don't know if, if 30 teams are going to come back. I know that it's important for these teams, though, to get to, uh, I think it's 70 games is the threshold at which they don't have to pay back regional sports networks. And so... Most teams at the end of when this whole thing started were sitting somewhere between 63 and 65 games. So we've got some games to make up for all 30 teams or else the league has to pay back those uh, those regional sports networks. And that will ultimately come out of the players pockets at the end of it. Yeah. Which, you know, is better than some other sports that are oh my going gosh. through that right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, baseball. I have a there wasn't a good basketball game on NBA TV right now. And I didn't feel like sorting through, uh, I didn't feel like sorting through league pass tonight to find a game. So I have Cubs Indians game seven of the world series on in the background here. This was probably the last time that I ever enjoyed a baseball game Mm -hmm. in 2016. The, the Cubs winning the world series this year. Um, baseball is so, so screwed. They're just doing everything wrong. It's, it's, and the only reason that, and this is, this is totally an aside, but the only reason that year was like so entertaining is because we all 
or Cubs fans, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah. and the, the, so like, I'm not saying baseball can't be entertaining, but it's just, they're, they're doing so many things that are just like, what are you doing? You know, but anyway, that just makes me more and more appreciative of, of Adam Silver in this situation. Like he does a lot of things that are not great and a lot of things that, you know, may end up crippling the league in a couple of years, but like in this stuff, he has really shined and it's been really great for the league. So, Oh, totally. And I also think, I think some of the stuff that we were maybe worried about moving forward, long-term moving forward. I hate, I hesitate to say that anyone has benefited from, from a pandemic, but I think that this, this, this whole thing has shown both sides, maybe how, how intertwined they are and, and has given the players, I think more, more reason even to trust silver and the ownership. And he has just crushed this. It is, it is remarkable what an incredible job he has done of leading the way for his, his franchise or excuse me for, for his organization and, and the things that they have done. I've said this so many times, so I, I should stop harping on it, but genuinely it is, it is incredible how well, uh, what a good job he has done with this. And, and also, uh, Michelle Roberts and just the, the, the entire infrastructure of these two organizations and the way they work together, you watch this and you see how this has played out. And then you compare and contrast that with baseball. And it's just like, Holy cow. Like what a nightmare this would be mm-hmm. for us as huge basketball fans. I can't imagine what it is like for those, those people who are huge baseball, just genuine diehard baseball people because baseball is doing everything it can to, to sabotage and, and just to, to blow itself up. It's on hundred percent. It's yep. unreal to watch the, the difference between these two leagues. Ridiculous. Um, it's just crazy. So, so look, I don't know what it's going to end up being, I, and, and nobody does. I don't know if it's going to be thirty teams. I don't know if it's going to be twenty teams. I don't. I still. I stay in the camp that says I don't think you can just start with with sixteen teams and start the playoffs. I think you have to, not just from a financial standpoint, but I think you do owe it to the teams and the players. If you're going to come back, you're going to bring everybody back from this, and and get them all together to to play games and stuff. I think you have to start with some sort of warm-ups. And I, I started to hear the, well, what about exhibition games? And to me, it's like, if you're going to do exhibition games, then you might as well just bring back a few more teams and, and do, do five warm-up games. You know, do f- finish the, re- quote-unquote, finish the regular season mm-hmm. and, and then head into, head into the playoffs. Yeah, it just, I mean, we talked about this off the air today. I just don't see in a sense of if if the mindset is we want to get at least some regular season games done and get everybody to quote, you know, to like a number of like 72 games, whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't see what benefits teams like Golden State or, you know, I can't remember. It's been so long since I've seen the standings. Sure. I don't even know who's at the bottom, the Kings or whoever. Like, I know you said like their contracts or whatever have to reach a certain mm-hmm. amount before they get paid or whatever, but... I feel like in this situation, there should be some sort of like a, I don't know, amendment or whatever. I just, I don't see, like, if you are the Golden State Warriors, what is motivating you to go mm-hmm. out there and play those games? And it, and it, short of maybe rolling out your G League players and just saying, who else see what we got, sure. you know? But if you're a player of those teams, what's motivating you to go put yourself in a situation with a lot of people? And I don't think it's necessarily unsafe, but some of them may think it's not safe or they may not want to leave their homes and stuff. And, you're asking them to do that for meaningless games. So like we're going to talk about this later, but I feel like there's other scenarios that would make it either beneficial for them, or you can just say, you know, Hey, we're going to start with 20 teams, the 12 of you that are the 10 or 12 of you that are not 
you know, even close to being relevant, just stay home or whatever. Mm-hmm. It just, I don't know. I just, that's, that, that's the one part I have that I, I, I know it's not going to go my way, but that's the kind of the one issue I have with mm-hmm. some of this stuff. I look, yeah. I mean, I, I understand the, the idea of like, what do these guys have to play for? Um, part of it, but, but money is a huge, a huge factor in this. I think what I, the number I saw on Chris Paul was like four, he lost $486,000 last, last paycheck. Yeah. Um, because of the, the, the 20 was it 20, 25% cut that they all agreed to. So these guys are losing money. Um, and I know Chris Paul makes, you know, almost $40 million. So what is, what is 400,000? But, but for a player yeah. who's making league minimum, that yeah, adds up for sure. You know? It makes a difference. Um, I think teams probably want to see, <clears throat> see what they have, uh, at this point. I, I, I don't, I think there's something to be said for, Hey, we're the Atlanta Hawks, and we won't, we're still not sure if we're going to bring back Lloyd Pierce yet. We'd like to see we'd like to see sure. a few more games of that. Um, and I think too, I said this last week, um, and I <laughs> I've never been gladder that we don't have just a ton of listeners because I feel like as I was saying it, I was like, gosh, I feel like I'm going to get dragged for this. But like, I think basketball players want to play basketball, and and mm-hmm. it's I think there's a point of pride of. Yeah, there may not be, not for everybody, certainly. Um, I know Bradley Beal was on Zach Lowe's podcast, and he basically was like, if I don't have a chance of making the playoffs, then go ahead and give my minutes to Rui Hachimura, because I don't care, essentially, is what he said. Yeah. Um, which, you know, that might seem like Bradley Beal. But uh, but no, like I, I think in general, basketball players want to play ball, and there's a point of pride of, I want to get back out there, I want to do it. And, and maybe for some of them, it's just... I need to get the com- the competitive juices flowing. Yeah, I, I don't want to take nine months off of basketball. Um, the, the, I agree with you. The flip side of this is going to be, God, man, I, I I don't want this to happen. So I'm I'm knocking on wood. But like, let's say that I don't know. Steph Curry comes out mm-hmm. and then tears mm-hmm. his ACL in one of these right. games because he's been off for so long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like this, it's going to be chaos. Right. Like it's going to immediately going to be bad for PR, bad for the league, bad for silver, mm-hmm. you know? And so like, I feel like it'll let the most you can do to avoid stuff like that, then it's different. Like sure. if that happens to, you know, LeBron in the Lakers as they're fighting to right. be, right. to be champions, that's one thing. But like, if it happens to somebody that had no, nothing to gain other than just playing time and money, mm-hmm. you know, by playing in a meaningless game, that's a little different, sure. I think. No, I, I totally agree. It, I think there will be some teams that even in this situation they will hold their. They, there's no. I I would be kind of surprised if Steph Curry play. If the war, if we bring back all thirty sure. teams, and there's no chance of some kind of play in, which we're going to talk about the various scenarios here in a second. If there's no chance that the Warriors can play themselves into a playoffs, which by the way, that could be interesting. If the Warriors, if there's some sort of play, if there's in a round robin play in yeah, tournament, totally. and they can bring Clay yeah. back, yeah. Yeah, that's that. Uh, that is that different. <laughs> We're going to talk about that, but yeah. that is different. No, I totally if, agree. It, but if but if, if we come back and it, let's say we, they just I, again, I haven't even read it yet because it just came across the bottom line while we were talking. But if if they went with Cuban's proposal and twenty eight teams are eligible for the playoffs, and the, but the Wolves and Warriors are the two that aren't, I, there's no. I don't think there's any way Steph Curry's playing. I, I, it, no, it, there's but and and maybe it's the same for the Wizards with Bradley Beal or something like that. But. But if it's just we're going to go out here and kind of play out the string to appease our regional sports networks and show that we're, you know, doing something for the good of the league and we're getting all together to play basketball and the competitiveness and all that sort of stuff, it wouldn't surprise me at all to see some of those teams sit. But I also think the NBA should get ahead of that and say from the get-go, there's going to be injuries because there are always injuries, whether there's a stop-start because of a pandemic or 
it's freaking June the, and Kevin Durant you know, tears his Achilles. It's yeah. it's going things are going to happen. So we need to be ahead of that and be and be understanding that these things are going to happen and totally it's not agree. going to be because we rushed these guys back. Um they yeah. need to be saying that from the get go, I think. Yeah, it, yeah, it's just that's that's the kind of thing that I I can't assume that silver's not already thinking about For that because sure. he's been he's been on top of it so again I, I that's me kind of overreacting probably but it's just you know if i'm if I, i'm just gonna be interested to see what happens when these when these guys come back with a with a little amount of mm-hmm. you know prep time mm-hmm. so that'll be the thing so i think the most i'm trying to pull up the tweet here that i sent you earlier they're talking this is what simmons no this isn't the simmons one but it's it's very similar it doesn't matter the idea would be training camp starts June 20th and goes through July 10th. The regular season games would begin July 15th. And then the first round of the playoffs would start July 25th. We'd finish the finals somewhere towards the end of September, then the draft, then free agency starts uh, in October. Um, how we get to that, I think we I think we, we kind of agree, not just you and I, I mean, but like just basketball fans and, and media and such in general, it's that seems like the right timeline. I think, I think mm-hmm. we, maybe the earliest that you would see teams start is if they did a, if they did a two prong training camp where you, you show up to your facility, you train for a week or two, and then you go to Disney world and, and do two weeks of training there with quarantine and, and group testing and all this sort of stuff. Um, but I, th- I think maybe the earliest we're talking is like June 15th for training camp, somewhere in that mm-hmm. range and games starting, you know, if, if we're lucky, mid-July, something like that, and it wrapping up towards the end of September. Now, do you know why they're not just going straight to Disney World? Like, that's what, that's what part I don't understand. Like, if you're going to have this clean unit sure. of whatever, why wouldn't you just go straight to Disney World, like, and, and not even get the other facilities involved? I that's think that might mean. happen. I don't know. I, I've seen that presented as both both sides, that we might... Be, one reason would be you could start earlier. If you are in a city and a in a state where the restrictions have been lifted or are or, or lesser anyway, you could start training now. I mean, I know there's... I think there's like 20, 21 teams that their facilities are open already, and players are coming in for, you know, very controlled workouts and stuff. So if that's the case, if we have a plan moving forward and we say, hey, Disney World's going to start on whatever, June 20th, then teams could say, cool, we're going to start a week early and, and get some reps in before all this takes place. But I, I, I and, and the family aspect too, there's something to that. Not, you know, not that a lot of these guys have, have uh, big families and stuff like that. But that's, you know, when you're adding, when you're talking about three months away from, from home, essentially, it's tough to also say, Hey, we're going to add two more weeks to the front end of that. That's, Mm -hmm. I get that. you know, uh, and I know as a, as a parent, I know you do as well, but I, I still, I, I don't think there's any definitive answer yet on if we start day one at Disney world or if each team does some stuff prior to coming to Disney world. Yeah, totally. So we'll see where that goes. The The idea of group testing is a huge part of this, um, and that kind of lends itself to the Disney World thing, maybe more than than some of the other stuff, that you can... Uh, I am an idiot. I'm not an epidemiologist, or, uh, or an ad, you know, never stayed at a Holiday Inn, so I know nothing, but the idea is that you can test 100 people in one batch and use one test instead of... Or 10 people in one batch and use one test <laughs> instead of 10 tests, essentially. In my head, I'm, re- I'm seeing this guy using the same swab on 10 different <laughs> noses, so that's really weird. Yeah. 
It's just your brother-in-law sticking the same swab yeah. in everybody's nose. Like, hello, Luca. Uh, yeah, the so I again I know nothing, but I it was explained to me as you could do you could run ten you could run ten people or more. Maybe you could run a hundred. I don't I don't know what the limitations of this are, but you could take a group of people get all of their swabs, run one test, and if none of the, and they will all either come back, either they'll come back negative as a whole or they will come back positive. And then within those 10 people or 50 people or whatever it is, then you test each of them individually. Um, but it could save some, it could save, potentially it could save a lot of testing supplies and equipment. And that's a big deal. I think the NBA is very concerned about the optics of that, as they should be, and making sure that they, you know, we're, uh, we're good stewards with, with those tests, uh, given, you know, the state that, that everything is in. Um, so yeah, so you, you could do that easier probably day one at Disney world versus, uh, you know, a two pronged system essentially. Yeah. I, yeah. I want to get to the part that we're going to talk about later. I think that's the part that's going to get me excited about this. So that's, that's what, cause like this whole five games and then, playoffs as usual thing i just i don't know man like i i whatever i'm gonna take it i'm gonna, I'm gonna say you know i'm saying this now but then when this comes about you know <laughs> in mid-june i'll be like heck yes let's go you know mm-hmm. and so like i mean i don't care if it's the if it's the you know timberwolves playing the warriors as one of those five games i'm gonna be watching it so mm-hmm. it's just you mm-hmm. know sure. yeah no I'm, I'm with you i i think this is where where i would this is kind of where i come down on it you and i you and I are basketball diehards through and through. And I'm, I mean, dude, I'm watching freaking games from, from five years ago. I'm watching games from earlier this season that I already watched, you know, cause I just, I love this. I love basketball and there is no, there's almost no, uh, pro NBA basketball game that you can put on TV that I will not watch. And so, but we're, you know, but we're different. We're weird. And you'll get a bump in ratings that first couple of weeks, no matter what, whatever the format. I mean, shoot, I the Bundesliga got a huge oh, bump in ratings totally. just because it's yeah. sports. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that, that dumb golf thing got 6 million viewers hey, or something. watch it. Um, no, of course not. Uh, golf's not a sport. Um, but the, got him. But the, no, like you'll get a, you'll get a bump in that first couple of weeks, but it will, it will tail off a bit until you get to the quote unquote important playoff rounds. If you just do things the normal old way. Mm -hmm. So my take is just, you're not programming for me. You're programming for Matt, you know, you're programming Mm -hmm. for our friends who dabble in basketball or maybe used to be big into basketball and have kind of fallen off on it over the last few years or, or whatever you're trying to program to those to those viewers. And maybe you're trying to program to viewers who normally are not home during the summer and mm-hmm. are right now because you can't do the stuff that they normally would do. And so this is a chance to break into, into those audiences. And because of that, I just think you should do something different. I think you should do something cool. I think you should try something out. And I, I'm so appreciative that we, uh, that we are fans of a league that is trying to do those things. That seems very geared towards like, I mean, silver has always been like, Hey, let's try some new stuff guys. And it seems like both sides, the owners and the players are kind of like, have been hesitant on that. And now we're in a spot where I, it, it feels like it does feel like to me anyway, that, that, that there is way more people who are on board with that. And we are being, again, we are being captained by somebody who this is his thing. He's very into, let's try some new ideas. Let's try to build this. And so I am at the point now 
I, I shouldn't even say I should knock on wood. Like I'll be disappointed if they don't do something different and something, something out there because we've gotten so much info on like some of the various things that they could do. And they all sound super cool and exciting. And I just think, why not? Why not try it this year uh, of all years? Why not try it this year? Yeah. And that's the thing is that we, we just, I think it gosh, it feels like so long ago. It, it feels like it was this year that they were, that the, those ideas got leaked of, you know, the mid season tournament and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And we know that he wants to do something different. So that's kind of where, where I'm like, just go for it. You know, sure. if you, if you came in to, to me and said, we're going to give all 30 teams a chance to be in the NBA finals. Like mm-hmm. I'm like, heck yes, let's sure. do it. Like that's, you know, this is the year to do anything crazy because here's the other thing too, is that if you do this like normal and you try to make it a normal, as normal as possible finals and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like it's going to, I want to say cheapen it, but whoever wins the finals or whoever ends up being the champion, when this is all said and done. It's always going to feel like, well, yeah, but we also didn't play for three months or, you know, and, and I, I feel like that's going to be unfair. So like, that's why I'm almost like, do, make it something that people can't, mm-hmm. can't turn away from. That's also sure. going to have the best lasting experience as well. See, I kind of agree with you where you ended up there. I, the, I saw the sentiment being passed around on sort of the outskirts of NBA Twitter today was like, whoever went, it's going to be an asterisk. If they do this dumb bit, it's, it, you know, I'll think of it as an asterisk championship, which I think is stupid. Um, but I'm with you in that. I, I think if you, if you really want to eliminate the, the whole concept of an asterisk, people thinking of an asterisk championship, then you do something like this that really now if you if you do something like this some, if you do a thirty team play in playoff tournament whatever and like the Sacramento Kings randomly get the NBA equivalent of a hot goalie and and run through and win the championship then we're all gonna be like okay that was weird that was super <laughs> wheels off remember the year that the Kings yeah. won the championship that didn't but make he, any sense but and, here's the thing too is like that there's the caveat to that to me is it only can count for the quote-unquote round robin. Sure. And then, or maybe even the first couple rounds of yeah. playoffs, but when you get to the finals or the conference right. finals, you, need, you right. need to go back to a best-of format, whether that's best-of-five or best-of-seven sure. or whatever. It needs to go back to a best-of format. That way yeah. you can say, hey, yeah, you know what? The Kings did get to the finals, but then they played the Lakers and mm-hmm. they got dominated. Sure. You know, like that. Sure, you know, sure. So that's yeah. that can at least fix that. Absolutely. So. No, I, t- I totally agree. I totally agree. So I, I think I'm, in, I'm on board for... For more teams, I certainly don't want to start with the playoffs, and I think we we agree on that. I just don't, I think that's the worst thing you could do, as far as delegitimizing uh, the playoffs or the championship or whatever. And and maybe that's unfair for me to say. Maybe that's the safest thing to do, and that's what we just have to do. But I I think I think just dropping these guys, saying I mean you know like Giannis didn't have a dadgum basketball goal to shoot on for the first. <laughs> two months of this thing and (laughs) which is just baffling to me like good gracious man we we talked about that off the air but like if if i ever come into anything resembling money which will never happen because sally may comes calling every single month uh if i ever come into any sort of money my first purchase will be an indoor basketball court (laughs) there's no question in my mind i'm like i all right how we how we gonna make this work we gotta we gotta get we gotta get at least a half court in here uh somewhere for for me to shoot on. Um, but yeah, so like to drop, to drop guys off into that situation where f- they certainly haven't had any run for, for months and mm-hmm. then they're going to do a training camp and then start playing the playoffs. I, I think that's, 
I think that's a crappy way to do it. And so I would see, I would say at bare minimum, you need to go in with 20 or 24 teams or something. Isn't that what the NHL did? 2024 teams. Is that, is that right? I don't know. I don't yeah. Know they, I haven't read it fully, but it's, um, I'm sure Matt it's will basically, text us any moment. So, uh, it's 12 teams, each conference and the seeds are based on win percentage. Um, because they don't, they haven't all played the same amount of games mm-hmm. basically. Okay. So, you know, and that's the thing is like that, that is another situation where you just said it yourself. Like if they get a hot goalie, you're going to see, you're going to see a couple of teams yeah. that may make a run, but that's not that uncommon for the NHL. Like right, there's been plenty right. of years that the eight seed goes to Stanley Cup finals. So that's why it won't be a culture shock mm-hmm. to them. But in this case, if in the NBA, if an eight seed wins, they, I don't even know what the, I'm pretty sure the stats in this other than maybe the Knicks a few the night in the nineties don't go past the second round. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, that's, that's not uncommon in the NHL. It is yeah. in the NBA. I think I think there's only been three. Maybe there's been four. Maybe the year I mean the Mavs Warriors Mavs 07 and then the Knicks Knicks Heat uh 99 and then uh and the Sonics Sonics uh Nuggets over Sonics Nuggets Sonics yeah. And then wasn't I think the 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 Derrick Rose ACL year. I feel like Maybe it was Philly that was the eighth seed that year and beat them or something. But I, I may be misremembering that. But yes, you're right. The Knicks are the only one, I believe, that has ever gotten past the second round as an as an eight seed. Um yeah, like so I think I think we're in agreement. I, I just I don't think you can come back with sixteen teams. Whether you come back with thirty teams or twenty teams or twenty-four teams or whatever. What whatever format you come back with, I think you have to do something. I think you owe I think you have to let the players and let the teams get some run, whether it's five games or eight games or whatever, before you get into the actual playoffs. And I don't know what format that ends up taking. I, I honestly I liked every every idea that's been passed around so far. I'm like, yeah, I can see the merits of that. I'm like, yeah, sure, that that sounds okay. I, I think there's like I said, there's this is the time to try something different, and as mm-hmm. long as at the end of this we ultimately get to uh, a, a couple or or three rounds of, of 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 a best of seven series and that kind of thing, and that's how we we finish it out. I I think that's just you know that's this is what at worst we look back and we say. This entire year was the weirdest year of any of our lives. Lord willing, please let us not ever have a weirder year than this. It was a weird year. We tried something different. It was cool. We ended up not sticking with it long term, but it is what it is. But the champion is is a legitimate champion. And and as long as you you said it, as long as you end with with a couple or three rounds of of a, of a best of series, then the start of it, I'm all for. Let's do it. Let's let's try something different. Yeah. So the one we, I think you agree with me, right? The one we like the best yeah. is the World Cup idea. Yeah, and before you start that, you were right about there were. There's four of them. There's actually been five in 2012. The Sixers beat the Bulls, and then we had the three that we already said mm-hmm. uh, in 2011. I forgot about this one too. The Memphis Grizzlies oh, beat the Spurs. Yeah, because uh, Ginobili got, went down right. in that series. Okay. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, thanks for that, Memphis. Clearing the way for us a little bit. Didn't, didn't mind that too much at all. Um, <laughs> okay, good deal. Good deal. So this idea got passed around today. It started, I, Kevin O'Connor from the ringer is the one who wrote the story that, that we're going to kind of quote from or, or use as, as the template. But I, I, this, at least from what I understood, this was one of the things that was offered up to the GMs as a possible way to do this whole thing. Um, did you take that? 
sort of it didn't come out mm-hmm. it didn't seem like it came out and said that but that's what it felt like to me that this was i think that, it wasn't kevin yeah. o'connor coming up with a thing it was this is a thing that's been passed around yeah and this and this was before o'connor kind of ran with it today this had already been kind of floated too okay. so i love this i'll just i'll just say because i love i love soccer i love international soccer and, and the setups that they have for the various cups and their competitions and stuff i think it's a brilliant way to do sports and i would love to see that uh, brought into the NBA and brought in, certainly brought into baseball. Um, NFL, I don't know. It's, it's tougher to do, but, but with the number of games that NBA teams and MLB teams play, I, I just think it's, it's such a smart idea to try to bring some of those, those soccer concepts into, into the sport. So the way that this would work, do you want to explain it? I don't know. I've talked so much cause I'm so, I'm so pumped yeah, up right so- now. Dude. <laughs> And I, I wonder too, like when I was, when I was reading this today, I wonder if I would be as pumped about this if I wasn't so into soccer now, like I am Mm -hmm. because, because of you. Um, but the one thing I always loved about soccer before I liked soccer was the world cup. And I, I think that it's the general idea would be if you're not a soccer person or don't really know how it works is you would essentially draw, do, do like a a champions league draw or world Mm -hmm. cup draw in place four teams each in a group and then you would have the group play round robin tournament right now in the world cup in and in the champions league is they end up playing each team twice mm-hmm. one on their f- pitch and the other on the other team on, on their other team's pitch um so in this case i didn't see you know more about the direct rules but the idea was is that we would take the we put each group of teams in like a tier and you in each group would have like a the top team, a second, mm-hmm. you know, second tier team, the third tier team, and a four tier team. Mm-hmm. And I think they said that there would be a rule that there would be no more than three Western Conference teams in a in a group, right? Because they're better than everybody. Right. Um, <laughs> but then they would basically play each other, and then the top two teams from each group would end up going to what's called the knockout stage mm-hmm. or the playoffs mm-hmm. scenario. I love this idea. <laughs> From the main point of if you like, I don't know how many groups. Like, so how many how many groups would it end up being? Is there, there's thirty teams, right? So the way it was presented by O'Connor is that we would not be bringing all. This is one of my this is one of my little little twer- tweaks with it. Was I I said I feel like you can figure out how to get thirty teams or at least twenty eight teams. Maybe you got to have an even number, but I, I feel like we could we could figure. Well, it's got to be divisible divisible by four. What I would be right my guess. exactly exactly. Yeah. But there's maybe maybe there's a way you do a a you know, a lower Some bracket sort of first and, round by yeah, yeah. something like that. You could figure out ways to include all, but the way that it was, that it was, uh, put out was that we would do, it would have four, four, uh, four groups of five teams each. Uh, so 20 teams, 20 teams total for this. And you're right. I think it's very key that, that, that they put that caveat in, in, in terms of the draw and the way that it's all put together, that you do that by tiers, because that is a, especially in a group play turn that is a no go for non soccer fans i think the idea of a blind draw like what what well, is done in a yeah. lot of soccer competitions and I that happens with the champions league yeah. and there's always a league there's always a group of death mm-hmm. you know and it's right. and, and and even like liverpool got my team got put in kind of a pretty rough group this right. year as the defending champions and that sucks yeah. i mean that's like if you're the defending champion you should have some sort of right. like you know, benefit of not being mm-hmm. able to put be put in a group like that. And I think the same goes in this situation of it, it would be really unfair for the teams like the Bucks or the Lakers to be put in a group of death yes. whenever they've worked their butts off for the right. first part of the the 
regular season. Yes. I think the hard thing about doing it with 20 teams is that if you take the top two from each group, then you only end up with 10, you know, 10 playoff teams, I mean, mm-hmm. which is kind of a, kind of a bummer, I guess. But the thing that I love about it is that it makes every game like incredibly oh important. Yes. Like yes. not just, it's not just a like, well, it's a best of five and they might win one game. No, mm-hmm. like this, if the Lakers lose to, you know, I don't know the, the Sacramento Kings on the first game, that means they are immediately in danger mm-hmm. of not making to the playoffs. Sure. And that's, that's huge. Right. Like, cause it, cause it, that would be more of the, the hot goalie aspect mm-hmm. of, mm-hmm. you know, you really only have to win two games to be almost assured a spot in the next, you know, the next round. Yeah, you need, right, you need, or three games anyway. Well, sorry, yes, yeah, three games, my bad, yes, three games. Totally. No, I, I'm, I'm totally with you. The the intensity of these games, so let, let, before we get it, before we get it, let's make sure we explain, because I, maybe, I mean, we do come from soccer background, so maybe it's, it seems pretty simple to me, but just in case, the way this would work is, is you, you kind of mentioned it, too, you, you take those 20 teams, and we're going to do a live draw here in just a second, and you, you put them in tiers, uh, with with the Bucks, Lakers, Clippers, and Raptors in one tier, and then on down the list until you you know you fill out five tiers with four teams each, and you do a draw from each of those groups for, or excuse me, from each of those tiers for each group. So by doing that, and I thought this was, again, I thought it was a vital step in making sure that the, in, in making this a reality and, and something that could actually happen, because you can't just do a blind draw. Um, the, the NBA, especially especially if you're looking like towards the future of like, Hey, this might be a thing we Mm -hmm. do moving forward, whether it's, uh, actually what we do for the finals or whether it's a, you know, some sort of tournament through the course of the season or, or something like that. Um, we already have trouble with, with people, especially casual fans feeling like the, the regular season matters at all. So if you, if you go through the whole regular season and then you just do a blind draw, it's, it completely Mm delegitimizes anything that happens through the season. Um, but, but by doing that, you make sure that the four best teams are not in the same group and that no one gets stuck with an incredible, you, you don't want to end up with, with a, with a full on blind draw there, you know, you could end up with bucks, Lakers, Raptors, jazz, you know, or something in the same group. And that, yeah. that, that's, I think, so anyway, I thought it was a very smart point to make sure that, that everyone understands, like you have to, you have to do it with a tier situation like this. And then you'd play, each team twice. So it would guarantee eight games per team that's in this sort of thing. And just like you said, Tobin, every game would be intense. And I, just the idea of that, like, Oh man, that got me going big time. Uh, I can't, Mm -hmm. the idea of the idea of getting to get up on, on July 15th and there's an 11 AM game and we watch that and it's intense and it's crazy and it's serious. And then the next game starts at two 30 or whatever. And it is intense and crazy and all. And we just go like that for, for three weeks or two weeks or however long it takes to play through the group stage. Oh my gosh. That just sounds incredible. Um, yeah. I couldn't, I, I just, my goodness, that sounds awesome. Yeah. And it's just, that would be such a like euphoric thing to have. Yes especially after all of this, mm-hmm. because if you, when you talk about, you're going to get ratings in the, in the regular season. If you do the regular season format, mm-hmm. you're going to get ratings no matter what. If you say, this is what we're going to do. And literally every game matters. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. it's not just one of those cheesy slogans that you say, like, you yes, know, at the beginning of the season, totally. this is literally every game matters. So I, I just can't, like, I mean, I just, I feel like that'll be such a hit. Like it mm-hmm. may not work in the future. It may not ever happen again, but 
in this situation, that would be such a hit. And it gives you a way to get, like if you do the 20 team format, it gives you a way to get those teams from 16 to 20, mm-hmm. like a, a real chance yeah. to get in the playoffs, not just get hot for five games and hope other teams lose. Absolutely. You know, yeah. and so I, that's why I kind of like, I'm kind of with you. I would rather push it out to 28 teams, mm-hmm. you know, because then, I mean, or even like 24, like, you know, if you can say there's six teams that were not going anywhere, yeah. fine. But you know, the tw- the top 24, give them a chance. Mm-hmm. I mean, like the most often than not in these situations, the, the cream will rise to the top. Sure. And the, and the teams that will, that would have been there anyway, mm-hmm. will probably come out of this anyway. There's almost so, no chance that, that the Lakers or the Bucks, short of injuries, knock on wood, that the Lakers or the Bucks or the Clippers aren't going to make it through their group stage the way that this at is At the very least, up. yes. But the, the very Jazz least. or the Rockets or the, even the Raptors who would technically be a one seed, like... For sure, that could happen, and and that's I mean the excitement of that is is I mean it would stink for for that team you know it stink for our friends that that's a wrap to 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 get bounced from the group stage instead of playing an easy five games against the Nets or something um, yeah. which is what it would be if if we just went with our our standard traditional setup and stuff so I you know I there could be there'll be some upset fans if something like that happens if but, we. It is if what we it use is, the yeah. yeah, and if we use the standings that are current right now, I'm looking at them. The bottom six teams are the Warriors, the Cavs, the Timberwolves, the Hawks, the Pistons, and the Knicks. Mm-hmm. And so, out of those teams, none of them are going to do anything. Right. You know, right. the next the next three teams up are the Bulls, the Hornets, then the Wizards, and then the, the fourth team up is the Suns. Right. The Suns have shown that they are capable of winning this year. Mm-hmm. The Wizards have Bradley Bill. The Hornets actually kind of you know yeah, there's, there's, are, are not yeah. they're proving me wrong day by day. <laughs> you know, and the Bulls are a train wreck, but they also have a player who can get hot and win games. Yeah. And so, it it really it, you know if you're the you know, if you're the Bucks or the Lakers and you get paired up with like the Suns mm-hmm. in that in that group, that's not an easy sure. out. Like, I mean, like sure. I see that a little facetiously, but you can't just ignore them. Mm-hmm. Like, you'd have to actually come to say, "Look, this is a this is one game. Mm-hmm. Like, and we have to make sure we beat them." And so, I mean, totally. I to me, you know how my brain works. With I love strategy. I love games. I love rules. I love coming up with rules for for fantasy sports leagues and things like that. When I saw this this pitch today. I mean, my mind immediately went to a hundred different ways that you could tweak this to really to do whatever you wanted with it to, if you wanted mm-hmm. to involve 28 or 30 teams, there's ways that you could do that with, with buys throughout, or there's ways that you could say, Hey, these 20 teams are in, are in the main thing. And we, but we still want to get some, some games under our belts for, for our teams that were super out of it. So the other two team, the other 10 teams are going to split into uh, two groups of five, and uh, and they're gonna play for for extra lottery balls or or wh- whatever or you know a, a a wild card slot in the playoffs or or w- once we get out of the group stage or whatever. There's I mean genuinely there are so many things that you could do with that that are that are fun that are interesting. And again, you're ve- it's very unlikely that one of the very top teams is gonna get bounced in the group stage. And then once we all settle in and we're doing the the uh the 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 series you know the the play to five to, to goodness gracious the the seven game series or whatever um it's hard to get real upsets in those things when you have seven mm-hmm. opportunities at it so it's unlikely again short of injuries that we're not going to wind up with two of the bucks lakers and clippers in the finals i mean that's just it's 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 unlikely even with this fun format but the first month leading up to that would be unbelievably fun 
and enjoyable. And the I, I other just can't road, even imagine how cool it'll be to watch those. Yeah, games. totally. The other road they could go is they could they could do sixteen teams, like basically like the normal playoffs, mm-hmm. and do you know do four groups of four, and then still do this round robin format, and then end up with eight teams, and then you go straight to you know mm-hmm. conference semis, sure. and then. You know, you could either do best of seven or best of five, mm-hmm. whatever. I mean, that's another road you can go. But then the, I, I, I don't really love the idea of not giving the, you know, the teams that were on the fringe a chance to kind of fight for a playoff sure. spot. Either. No, I totally so. agree. I totally agree. Yeah. But because the other thing is like that, if, if you're a listener, you don't understand is that this place has like, I don't know how many exactly, but it has multiple courts mm-hmm. and they're not going to be traveling anywhere. So really all you have to do is you have multiple games a day going on at the same time mm-hmm. and they only have to be, you know, and they're saying like they'll give them one day rest in between. So you could have half the games going on Monday, the other half going on Tuesday and then just alternate yeah. them every day until they get to a point where they can go to a more right. normal schedule. Right. You know, they're still not going to, you know, they've been, they've been putting out there that they're going to like stay at Disney until they can go to back to arenas. And I'm like, no, just stay there. Yeah. And like, don't make them travel. Don't make them do that stuff. Let them stay fresh and healthy there and then move, you know, and right. move to that point. Cause if you go to your arenas, you're not going to have fans and then you're going to have to add travel back in. Mm-hmm. It's just, that's too much. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And uh, there's just, there's so many things that you could, you could do with this. The, my, maybe, maybe my one, critique on this is that we're going to do group play and it's going to wind up we're only going to get the top two from each group are going to move on to you know the top eight and the finals and i i think there's ways that you could maybe even work in some some wild card matchups or something like that to to get more in if you if you want to do that but you're going to put all those games on regional sports networks too and that's a big deal that's a huge selling point there's no way that fox sports southwest isn't going to be pumped to have eight mavs games that all matter in July, mm-hmm. you know, and moving or moving into the beginning of August. That's a huge, that's a huge win for all of those little networks. Mm-hmm. And, and that, you know, that appeases some things that, that keeps, keeps people happy moving forward. It's, and it, for us, I already told you, I was like, dude, whatever, if they do this, I'm taking the week off. I'm going to, I'm going to buy another TV. I'm going to stick it in my office and just, I'm all I'm going to do is sit here and watch basketball games because this is such a cool concept. And I, and what can it be moving forward? Is this the is this the finals format movie or the playoff format moving forward? I don't know. Maybe it, we, you know, one of the shows that I was listening to today talked about the the All Star Game and the the Elam ending that everybody thought, well, that's so stupid. And then we watched the game and we were like, oh uh, yeah, let's do that forever. Why would we ever not do this again? This is so cool. Maybe we all watch this and we think, dude, this is so much better than having the Lakers destroy. Uh, the Grizzlies in four games, you know, to start the playoffs or something like this is 100%. awesome. It's so much. It could be. And yeah, maybe because in worst the, case scenario, Tobin, maybe, maybe you do this as the world cup. Maybe this is an every four year sort of thing instead of every single season. I don't know. I'm just saying there's all kinds of stuff that can come from this. And, and this is the time to try it, you know? Yeah. And it's like, if they, if they come out of this and they say to themselves, you know what, we're going to do this for the first round, we're going to take the 16 teams and we're going to make four groups. And then we're going to find our eight teams that go to the conference semis instead of having, you know, blowouts and stuff like that. I, I, I honestly, if you said that that's going to, it's going to be from now on, I'd be like, you know what, I'm in for that. Like that's absolutely that's because then you're still having your traditional 16 teams. And if you do a drawing that takes away the whole Western conference, Eastern conference garbage, Mm -hmm. you know, and so, like, I mean, I, th- I really feel like we're reinventing the league for better right now. Like, I feel like I that they too. should listen yeah. to us. Totally. <laughs> totally. So I said earlier we're going to do a live draw real fast. Uh, they did one, I think, for, for the – I don't know if they actually did one or if they just did an example. But, but that's what we're doing right at this moment. So 
I laid out all I did. I'm literally just pulling pulling names out of a hat. Real real uh, analog here. I just uh, I just tore up some pieces of paper and wrote every every team name on it. So we have the Bucks, Lakers, Clippers, Raptors are tier one. So we are guaranteeing that they are not going to be in the same group. The next tier is the Jazz, Nuggets, Heat, and Celtics. That is how it came out as I was drawing here. So the Raptors have the Celtics, the Clippers have the Heat, the Lakers have the Nuggets, and the Bucks have the Jazz. The second, excuse me, the third tier, the Sixers are going to the Bucks group. That's interesting. The Thunder would go to the Nuggets group. So now there's three teams that are Western Conference teams in that, and the Lakers group. So we got to make sure no uh, Western Conference teams get there. Clippers get the Pacers. And the Rockets go to the Raptors. So we're three tiers in, Tobin. I've got Bucks, Jazz, Sixers, Lakers, Nuggets, Thunder, Clippers, Heat, Pacers, Raptors, Celtics, Rockets. Okay. Moving through here, the Nets go to the Bucks. The next tier one here has to be, oh, it was the Mavs. So we're going to dump that They because it's Western Conference. Magic go to the Lakers. Mavs go to the Clippers. We cannot escape the Clippers. In every single scenario, <laughs> the Mavs end up in the Clippers bracket. But, okay, but like, right, let's let me pause yeah. for a second. Like, the Clippers, like, say that group again. The Clippers group is the Clippers, Heat, Pacers, and Mavs at this point. That is brutal. Yeah. Like, think about it. If you're the Clippers, you not only have Luka and KP healthy now that you're facing, you have the Heat who are who can win games, mm-hmm. and they have sure. a young core that's The Heat great. are built for the and playoffs. Then, yeah. Yes, and you have the Pacers who probably get Depot back now. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah. so, like, that's... that's healthy Depot, I would, yeah. We, I would we watch the, the heck end. out of that. Oh, my gosh, yeah. yes. That's like, fun. So our last tier here, these are the teams that are not in the playoffs as if we just started playoffs 1 through 16, right, just the, the second. It's the four teams in the West that are close to the playoffs, uh, the Spurs, the Blazers, the uh, Kings, and Pelicans, okay? No other Western, or excuse me, East team is even close to the playoffs. The Wizards are the closest. I think they're nine and a half back or something like that. So they're all out. So if this is in this scenario, if there's only 20 teams, this is the last group. So the Spurs would go to the Bucks. This cannot be a Western Conference team if it's the Lakers. Oh, I guess it would have to be because there's only a Western Conference team. The Kings go to the uh, the Lakers. I don't know what the solution would be on that because it is you know it is what it is. Blazers go to the Clippers bracket, and that leaves the Pelicans uh, in the Raptors bracket. So our groups here are Buck. Or group one is Bucks, Jazz, Sixers, Nets, and Spurs. Group two is Lakers, Nuggets, Thunder, Magic, Kings. I think the Lakers win pretty good on that that's a that's a pretty easy draw for them technically i think uh clippers heat pacers mavs blazers raptors celtics rockets grizzlies pelicans that's fun as heck how are you not going to enjoy two games of john morant facing off against zion or uh the the heat really take trying to to bruise up the the clippers or um gosh celtics bucks holy cow i mean like this is this is such a win, dude. I could not imagine. I, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm. I had to. I told you, I had to stand up to do this episode because I'm like so pumped up at the idea that this could be something. Now I'm going to be disappointed if it doesn't happen. Honestly, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at too. I'm going to be, <laughs> I'm going to be pretty bummed if this is not what ends up being the case of what we do. I just think you have but. to try something. This is just in, in, again, if you need to tweak it to where we end up with four rounds of playoffs after some cor- some kind of of playing tournament or group stage or something like that just whatever but the i just think the group play thing is such a cool concept and would add so much enjoyment and excitement to this whole thing especially given like you said 
given that we we will have been off for for what four months something like that before we get live basketball yeah. again the 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 market is there and it's just like let's go ahead and seize on it let's try something cool and different now uh, while we have our best chance yeah i'm i'm curious what do you think will be the case uh, like do you think players will be on board with this I don't see why not if they're willing to come back and I, there will be some guys who don't, who don't want to come back. That's just going to be the way of it. And whether they're talked into coming back based on, Hey dude, you do want to make your full paycheck or what? Or if the teams say that's fine, we're not going to force anybody to come back if they're uncomfortable with playing or anything like that. Uh, You know, on a side note on that, the EPL tested every single one of their players last week. It was almost a thousand players. It was like 996 players or something like that. And two came back positive. Um, so I think that's fairly, maybe that's wrong. I mean, again, cause I'm not that smart, but I think that's fairly indicative of what we will find when, mm-hmm. when the NBA players come in too. So if you're doing things the right way, there's not going to be a huge chance of, of uh, contracting it. But I, I get it. If somebody's nervous about coming back, they're nervous about coming back. I get it. So, but once you get the players in for coming to to play games again, I don't know why you wouldn't do this. This really is because you can pitch it to uh, Damian Lillard or De'Aaron Fox or or Brandon Ingram or whoever is like, guys, all it really takes is get hot for a couple games and we're going to be, you know, we're moving into a playoffs that we didn't, that this is found money. We didn't know that we I would I mean, be. Damian Lillard did that in a normal playoff mm-hmm. format last year. Yeah, totally. You know, and like if he could do that in a round robin format of, you have to go out and win six games, you know, where you basically are neck and neck in a, in a set, in a, you know, a seating mm-hmm. setting and you don't have to worry about home or away court, you know, like, sure. yeah, I, yeah, yeah, gosh. I just think, I think there's a, I'm going to have to go shoot baskets. I know, dude. I'm so pumped. I'm coming to your house to socially distance shoot baskets with you. Um, Yeah, dude, I just think it's such an exciting opportunity. And I think you can really hit the the players with the the competition side of it and just say, don't you want to come and show Kawhi Leonard that he can suck it? Like, (laughs) and they're like, of course I do, you know. I think there's a real element to that 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 gets played. And to have them all in the same location, too, and – I don't even know how you keep keep Draymond Green separate from from Tristan Thompson or whatever, but you 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 figure that out. But I think the the competitive nature of this is off the charts compared to totally. what we normally would get in the in the first couple of rounds of the playoffs. And I wonder how much you would get of like we just talked about the you know the Space Jam you mm-hmm. know stuff. Like I wonder how much of that you would get too. Like how many sure. these guys are going to get up and start playing pickup games? Yeah, you know on or maybe they, maybe they'll stop them from doing that, but. That might be kind of cool too, is to kind of see those stories mm-hmm. and hear about the stories that come out of that as well. <laughs> I wonder how many play on that. I wonder how many guys stick around after their team's been eliminated. Like, don't you? Oh, in like a high school tournament yes. and watch teams, yes. you know, or or even like you know, if you win, like if the Lakers win yeah. their game and then they go, they stick out and watch yes. a game from the stands. Like, how great Can would you that imagine, be? Imagine, dude. Like, <laughs> how cool that will be to look into the stands and see the entire Lakers team sitting there watching, uh, watching whoever watching the nuggets play the magic or something like that sounds incredible. And yeah. And yeah, I think you're right. Like what, what do you get some of those pickup games? I mean, you're not going to get them while teams are actually in it, but once they move into the second round of the playoffs, how many guys stick around and say, this is, I'm not going to get any, any better competition than what's here right now. Yeah. And let's, yeah, the games are over. Cool. Let's get these going. Let's get these scrimmages going. I, I just, I, this whole thing sounds so cool, man. I it's 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 the kind of idea that you think like 
this is such a no brainer to me. And it should have, maybe we should have done this years ago, but you're certainly, this is the time. This is the time to try it. I keep mm-hmm. saying that over and over again, but gosh. And if it flops, then you have an excuse. That's exactly like, That's right. the thing. Yeah. Like, you know, you don't have to be, it doesn't have to be good because you have an out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a pandemic year. And you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, sure. No problem. I get it. You know, but, but if it works, holy cow, this is, this could be a, this legitimately, this could be a game changer. I just can't imagine how intense those games are going to be. Um, especially the first couple weeks out. And that uh, last thing I'll say, sorry, I meant to say this earlier. That may be the biggest reason for not having all 30 teams or 28 teams or whatever in this tournament is um, if these, let's say that these, these, the, the groups play out exactly like we, like we said, I I look at that Lakers group and I say, the Lakers are going to easily advance on this. There's no, there's really no way around that. Um, But there's definitely a world in which, the last place team in that group finishes three and five and the second place team finishes six and six and two or, or excuse me, finishes, you know, four and four. I mean, the, the, those games in theory should be super competitive. If you mm-hmm. add in every team, um, you'll get to a place pretty quickly where the Hawks lose the first two games of, of their group and they're pretty much out of it. And so their next three or four games are, are kind of a waste because they're, you know, they're done and they're just playing out the string. But in theory, with 20 teams like this, they should be close. The groups should be close. You shouldn't have a huge difference between the number two team in the group and the the last the, the number five team in the group from a record yeah, standpoint. Totally. So, which is which you know, there's there's in my opinion, there's pros and cons of doing sure. it. You know, more or less teams, sure. but I, I just I just want this format. I don't care how many teams you use. I, so. I'm in agreement. I, I just think this just sounds like such a cool such a cool concept. I. I I'm mad that I that we haven't pitched this idea on the show previously because it's just as soon as I saw this I was like well obviously that's a great idea why wouldn't you do that that's 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 brilliant absolutely we should do that moving forward so all right we'll see maybe by next week's episode uh, we'll have some clarity on that and we'll be able to say this is what we're doing I sure hope so dude I really hope this is this is at least some of this concept gets worked into um, what uh, what we're doing. Uh, moving forward, but we'll get some chance, but dude, I'm pumped. It's, this is awesome. This is, we're, we're in a, it seems like we're finally in a good place, uh, for the the thing that we love and, and moving mm-hmm. forward. And I think that gives us something, it gives every, anyone who's into this, it gives us something to look forward to, um, and to feel kind of normal for a little bit. And that's great. I, I'm excited about that as well. Yeah. It's, it, I'm just, I'm just ready to have something. Yeah. You know, I've said that. I think I feel like I said that the last, the last five <laughs> weeks. But you know, yeah. especially now that the last dance is over, mm-hmm. like it's time. Like give totally. us, like it's t- give us. You know, even if you come back, you know, before next week and say, "Here's when we're coming back." Mm-hmm. At least I will know that there's yeah. a date. You know, yeah. That's that's what I'm looking for. Totally agree. All right, cool. This has been fun. Thanks for being here, listeners. Thanks for uh, for indulging us as I'm super worked up. I sound like I drank four Red Bulls today or something, but this is this is a good thing. I'm I'm very excited about this format. Thanks for being here. If you enjoy what you heard, uh, number one, thank you. Number two, tell a friend, bring your basketball buddies around to listen to our show. It helps us quite a bit to uh, to grow the show. If if you will get out and just spread the word, word of mouth wise, helps us a lot. And leave us a five star rating, a five star review on iTunes. Uh, in that review. Tell us the most obscure or random NBA jersey that you own or have owned in the past. And we like to read those out at the end of the show. We will be back next week with something. I don't know. We'll figure out what we're going to do. A list maybe or a classic game. Something to fill the time until we are actually able to watch real meaningful NBA basketball again. Hopefully soon. But until then, come back again and stay hard, Ronnie Rogers. Oh my God! Oh! Shut it down! Oh my God!
That's a wrap, Dirk. Yeah, that is a wrap.